mum for others. I was born in Ghana and named Eko Ebin. That is my traditional name. And I was christened Edmund. I have always believed, if I should say so, that I was born in sin, saved by grace, redeemed by Jesus Christ, justified by his own passion, death and resurrection, and sanctified by his spirit. I happen to be one of uh, six boys and one girl, a family of six boys and one girl. All the boys were Anglicans. I happen to be baptized a Catholic. So that's for me the beginning. So I always say that my vocation may not be mine, but God had his own plan. But it's not that kind of eventful thing that you can think of, but I happen to be born that way. I happen to be born on the Feast of Ascension, 23rd of May 1968, that I didn't have any hand in it. It was God's own plan, so I don't have anything to say about that one. Growing up, I realized I've always been different from my siblings. School, I had always been different. Everybody goes one direction, you go another direction. So I've never understood who I was, really. And wherever you go, even though people see you different, they want you to take responsibilities of things. And I don't mind, I don't say no to anybody. I just say, yeah, and I do whatever you want me to do. So as I was growing up, I decided to now find out who I was, really. One of the ways to find out who I was, because I was a Catholic, I attended so many talks and so many workshops, involved myself in youth work, and it was all going well with me, but I didn't have any satisfaction in it. I realized that in my parish where I was, most of the young people were in the seminary. I happened not to be in the seminary. All the altar service, all of them went to Pope John Seminary or St. Teresa Seminary. I went to a secular secondary school. So that's how it started. Now when I finished Form 5, I thought I could also go to seminary, but I wasn't taken in the seminary. So I went again to a secular secondary school. And there, maybe I started with the Catholic community because the Catholics were always being attacked by the SU Spiritual Union and the Evangelicals. Then I always stand in and defend the Catholic Church. So I became the leader of the Catholic community. I didn't think of becoming a priest anyway. So after school, after sixth form, I was working. The one day I said, no. I think if I want to find who I am really, I must go to the source of the fountain. And so not listening to people. And where will the source of the fountain be? Where priests are trained? So at a retreat, somebody said, well, I will introduce you to a priest friend of ours. So they introduced me to the Divine Word missionaries. So I was invited to postulant retreat or what they call aspirant retreat. It was very interesting. I really enjoyed the retreat. By the end of the retreat, I said no. Even though I was asked to go to the seminary that year, I chose not to because I was also not a healthy person. And being a missionary means traveling. And I was like, if I travel and I get myself into trouble, nobody's going to take up me. I must be close to my mom. So I didn't go anyway. So I was waiting to go to university. Then I, I happened to meet the vocation director of my diocese. They were talking about priesthood. So when we finished talking, and he said, you have the option if you want to go to a seminar, because I know you've gone to the aspirant retreats of the SVDs, but you belong to the diocese, and the diocese needs priests as well. So if you want to go to a seminary, they are going on interview on Monday. Applications have been sent already. So you have the option if you want 
I can give you a paper, you can write your application with me in my office now. But if you want to go and think about it, then it will mean you have to come and see me in a week's time. They might have finished the interviews. So sitting down and I told myself, something was telling me, you have two options. If you write the application and you are invited and you don't want to go, you can choose not to go. If you don't write the application and later you want to go, it will be too late, you have to wait for another year. So I wrote the application that day. That was how I started. Then he said, Monday go to the seminary for the interview. So I went to the seminary for the interview. They called everybody. I was not called. Then he was like, there was a young man sitting there. Who are you? I said, the vocation writer told me to come. Your name is not in the list. Anyway, let's interview him. So I was interviewed. Then afterwards they say, go, we'll get back to you. I was waiting for them to get back to me. So in January, I think, 1990, I was invited to a seminary. So I went to a seminary. And when I went to a seminary, I had my own agenda anyway, to learn more. So I spent my time reading more about spiritual books. I spent my time praying. That was all I was doing. But I found that that was not where I belong. So I wanted to leave the seminary. But I wouldn't live in the middle. I would live at the end of the year. And before the end of the year, I happened to jump on this book of uh, Alphonsus Ligori, The True Spouse of Jesus Christ. So when I read that book, I kept him in the seminary. Because I felt what was going on that I didn't understand. I felt I was looking for my spiritual life, but I couldn't find it here because it's always people are at you. You know, so Alphonsus made me stay there because he said gold is tested in fire. So I stayed in the seminary, went home, came again. But every year I wanted to leave. But every year I went again. The second year I wanted to leave because all the youth groups that I was leading, I realized they were coming down. And I felt, no, I'll be better off there than being in the seminary where things are not clear with you. And then again it dawned on me one night. When you go back, you could only be in the youth group in your parish. When you carry on, you may be able to lead a wider youth group. So again, I was compelled to go on. So every year was another day for me to discern my vocation. So it went on then. I went to leave the philosophy to go to the theology and say, go and do medical tests again. And I knew that was my end because I was a sickler. And they don't take people who are sick, they want people who are strong. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't go to the SVDs. But all the same, I went for the medical interview. Did I? No, I did not go. I didn't go for the medical interview. So I went to theology. Then after a year, they said, go for the medical interview because I was getting sick and being admitted in the hospital. So I went for the medical interview, brought the result in. And again, I say it's not me. Every year, I thought they would ask me to go back home because I was most of the time in the hospital and stuff like that. But I was also very active. Now, so every year you go through the process, then you go to the next stage. I say, God, if you want me to be a priest, that's fine, but I don't want to anyway. I guess you're making a mistake because I don't see myself worthy to be a priest and all the odds are against me. But every year I went to the next stage. So you go to the stage for us to go to the diaconate and you have to apply. And that one you are applying and they say they are taking a letter to Rome. I said, I mean, uh, that's signing your death warrant now. So I'm not going to write. So everybody wrote the application again. Last minute I said, well, it doesn't matter. Write the application. If they say they're going to ordain you and you choose not to be ordained again like the first one. So I wrote the application again. Then the team came and I was ordained on the 20th of July, 1995. 
a deacon. So the last hurdle is to become a priest. God, are you sure you want me to be a priest? That was the question I always asked myself. So, well, again, preparation time came. People went for the retreat. We went for the retreat and everything. I was supposed to write the application for the priesthood. That also I wrote. The vocation director came planning all the ordination, but I was not so enthused about it. And one of the things I said was that if God wants me to be ordained, I'll be ordained. But I knew that that day my head should be on my neck and the bishop's hands should be ready. Because a bishop needs his hands to ordain you and he'll put his hand on your head. So if the bishop's hands is not there and my head is not there, I cannot be ordained. Then on the 20th of July, again, 1996, we were called, we went through our retreat, we were kept in a camp. Then I was ordained. And the next day I celebrated my first Mass with my parents there, very happy. And that was how it started. And I've never regretted one day or one moment in my life for being a priest. I've always enjoyed my priesthood. And I know I will always enjoy it because I live it one day at a time. Every day, God, you give me another day. Do you still trust in me? I don't trust in myself. But I know that you know what you have the day for. Never permit me to separate myself from you. And that I will love you always and do with me what you want. And that has been my daily prayer. And one of the things that I tell myself always is that I did not create myself. The priesthood is a gift not for me, but for the church. And not because I did anything to earn it, but it's just God gave to the church. And I'm just his instrument, so I live one day at a time. So that's my story. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. I pray that every day I will do his will. And may his will be accomplished in my life. Amen.